Last week after church, I went and visited uh, a lady, and I did a devotion with her and, and said a prayer with her. And uh, it was about 2 o'clock in the middle of my devotion when all of a sudden my phone started buzzing like crazy. Text after text after text was coming through. And so I finished up my devotion, said a prayer, uh, and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm really sorry, I've got to look at my phone. Because when your phone's going off like that, you only think the worst, right? And, and so I, I needed to make sure that Ann didn't eat anything or that nothing was wrong at home. Well, I looked at my screen and not one text was from the same person, but they all said the same thing. Do you know what, the, do you know what they said? Kobe. Kobe Bryant died. Kobe Bryant, former NBA superstar, 41 years old, died in a helicopter crash. And I saw all those texts and I was completely shocked. Uh, for me, in my life, Kobe Bryant is probably the biggest, most famous person that has died. And died young. 41 is young. And he died in a helicopter crash. And it was completely shocking. What made the news even more heartbreaking is that we found out that his 13-year-old daughter was on the helicopter with him. And also, two of her friends and their parents. Completely shocking, heartbreaking. And for the next 24 to 48 hours, you couldn't go on a Twitter, on a Facebook, you couldn't listen to the news, you couldn't do anything without getting the Kobe news, without hearing from other people, without seeing people tweet about their feelings, about their shock, about their hurt, about the unbelief that they died. Hundreds of thousands of people die every day, and yet when, when it's someone that you know or someone that you feel you know, it's shocking. It stops you in your tracks. Why? Because it's a reminder that this is all going to happen to us someday. Death hurts. And it's because of this. It's your first point today. Death hurts because death separates. Death separates. When this happens to someone that we know, it brings to the forefront of our mind that one day we're going to experience this exact same thing. Our loved ones that we love, that we can hug, that we can kiss, that we can tell that we love them, our loved ones, we know one day death is going to separate us. And it is going to hurt. And we are going to be in pain. And it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. It's going to be a day of mourning, a day of pain, a day of immense grief. And that's what we see in a woman today in Luke chapter 7. These are the emotions that this woman is feeling. And yet at this funeral, at this funeral, Jesus reveals something about himself that gives us hope. We're in Luke chapter 7. Here's what we're told. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached a town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and said, Don't cry. All right, real quick. Jesus and his disciples are going to a town called Nain. They're traveling around Galilee. 
Jesus and his disciples are traveling around Galilee. It's early in his ministry. He's cast out the demon from the guy, and he's changed water into wine. And he's traveling around up here in Galilee, and they, here's Nazareth. This is where Jesus was born. And they head down uh, to a town called Nain. As you read the book of Luke, you, and you read the first seven or six chapters, you get this feeling that momentum is growing. Excitement is growing. The cheer in the people, the hope in the people, they're growing. And, and not only are Jesus and his 12 disciples going to Nain, but also a large crowd. More and more people are joining this crowd, and you get this picture of just excitement, joy, smiling from ear to ear. And they come to Nain, and Nain has a gate or a, a wall around it. And so they're getting ready to enter through the gate, the only way into the city, when another large crowd meets them. But this large crowd is very different than theirs. This one is sad. These people are mourning. They're grieving. And it's obvious why. Because at the front, being carried out on a stretcher, is a young man. And leading the charge of this funeral procession is the man's mother. And if that's not sad enough, there are two other details that make this even more sad. And it's the fact that he's the only son of his mother. It's possible this son was her only child. And as she's walking that day to the gravesite, I wonder if she thinks back to when he was a baby, to when she changed his diapers, to when he did silly things to make, to make her laugh. I wonder if she thought as he grew up, as he made her proud, and now here she is, burying him. And she's heartbroken. Death has separated them. Not only is that sad, but we find out that she's a widow. She's traveled these steps before. She's made this exact funeral procession, but that time it was to bury her husband. The two most important men in her life, gone, separated, by death. Death is gut-wrenching. It hurts because it separates. And it hurts so much because this isn't how God created it. God didn't create this world for us to be separated by death. God created Adam and Eve perfectly to walk with God, to be in the Garden of Eden with God, and to live forever. But then Adam and Eve sinned, and with sin brought death, and it hurts because it separates. But notice Jesus. What's he, what happens? What, what do we hear about him? His heart went out to her when he sees her. Jesus reveals that he has compassion for the brokenhearted. We're told that his heart goes out for her, and that word in the Greek is splankna. Uh, it, it, it doesn't really come across in the English very well, but, but for Jesus, he felt it deep in his guts, deep down inside. His whole entire being goes out to her. And we can kind of understand a little bit. We, we scratch the surface of this feeling just a little bit uh, when 
somebody that we know dies. Our heart goes out to their loved ones that are still here. I think it's what a lot of people felt last weekend when they heard that both Kobe and his daughter died. Their hearts went out to Vanessa Bryant and the three remaining daughters. Vanessa has to bury her husband and a 13-year-old daughter. The girls have to bury their dad and a sister. And our hearts just hurt for them. That's how Jesus feels here for this woman. His insights, everything about himself goes out to this woman. It's easy to look around in, in the world and say, God doesn't care about this world. Look at all the death in the world, and you're telling me God cares about this? Yeah, he does. He does. And we see it here. Jesus, is, Jesus feels it deep down inside for the brokenhearted, for those who have been separated by death. Jesus feels it deep down inside, and he cares. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know how death has separated you. But I do know that Jesus sees your heart, and he's brokenhearted over it. He has compassion for you. The same compassion that he has for this woman, he has for you. And in his compassion, it leads to action. Here's what Jesus does. He approaches the woman and says, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the beer, that's the, the stretcher. They were carrying him on, and the bearer stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. <clears throat> From the very moment of this story, Jesus has control, doesn't he? Doesn't he? he? He walks up and he stops the entire funeral procession. Instead of, you know, normally what would we do if we were Jesus? We'd step aside, kind of, and we'd let our crowd go because, oh, it's a funeral. Jesus goes right up and he stops the entire crowd. He says, don't cry. And he touches the stretcher. Jesus has complete control. And that's really what this whole series has been about, right? Jesus has revealed his control over every aspect of life. Everyone panicked at the wedding. Why? They ran out of wine. Jesus, in complete control, changed water into wine. Everyone panicked at the temple because a man stood up possessed by a demon. Jesus didn't panic. He was in complete control and cast out a demon. The disciples last week were panicked because the storm came and they were going to drown. Jesus stood up in complete control and calmed the storm. Here people weren't panicking. Here they were filled with sorrow, with hurt, with pain. And yet Jesus was in complete control. He goes up and says, don't cry. He touches a stretcher and says, young man, I say to you, get up. And the young man gets up. He begins talking. And then what did Jesus do? He gave him back to his mother. This is our big point for the day. Jesus has the power to reunite those separated by death. That's what he does, doesn't he? This mom and her son, separated by death, Jesus reunites them. He brings the young man back to life and gives him back to his mother so that they are reunited after they've been separated by death. He not only has the power over death, but he then reunites those who have been separated by death. This miracle 
is a little snapshot of what the entire Bible is about. What Jesus does here is just a small example of what the entirety of Scripture is about. God creates mankind to be united to Him, to walk with Him, to talk with Him. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden get to be with God. There's nothing that separates them. And then they sin. And now they're separated. They're no longer holy. They're no longer perfect. And what does God do? God says, we have to be separated now. And He pushes them out of the Garden of Eden to no longer walk with Him, to no longer talk with Him, to no longer see Him. Now they are separated by sin. And that's death. That's what the Bible refers to as spiritual death. It's being separated from God. And that's what we are. when we're, we're sinful. We're separated from God. And there's no amount of good works that can make up for it. You can't say enough good things to make up for the bad things you said. You can't do enough good things to make up for the bad actions that you've taken. You can't uh, think enough positive things to make up for the bad things you've thought. Sin has separated us from God. And what do we deserve? To be eternally separated from Him. We don't deserve to be in God's presence. But what did God do? He had compassion for us. His heart went out for us. And His compassion led to action and He sent His one and only Son, Jesus, to this world. And what did Jesus do? Paid for our sins. Amen. He paid for our sins. And on the cross, when Jesus gave His perfect life, think about that. There was nothing in between Him and God in their relationship. Nothing separated them. No sin separated Jesus from God. He was perfect in every way. And He gave His life on the cross. And when He shed His blood, our sins were forgiven. And think about this. Instead of us being separated from God, Jesus was separated from God as God forsake, forsook Him on the cross, abandoned Him. Why? Because everything that we've done, everything that you've done that separates you from God, Jesus took responsibility for. And God separated Himself from Jesus. And in return, we've been reunited with God. And now, God, now Jesus promises to you that after you die, one day He's going to say with a loud voice to you, young man, young lady, I say to you, get up. And you're going to rise from the dead. And you're going to begin talking. And He's going to give you back to God the Father. Reunited with Him forever. Here's how 1 Peter puts it. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the Spirit. Christ suffered the righteous for us, the unrighteous. For what purpose? To bring us to God. To reunite us with God. That is heaven. It's being with God the Father. The one who has light. The one who has life. The one who, has, uh, who provides for every single thing that we need. And it will go on for eternity. 
unbelievable. That's heaven. And who else is going to be there? All of our loved ones who have died in Jesus, who died believing in Jesus, we're going to be reunited with them forever. We're going to be able to talk with them. We're going to be able to hug them, kiss them, tell them how much we love them. And it will never end because their death has been swallowed up in victory. Jesus has the power to reunite those who have been separated by death because He has conquered death Himself. So what lessons are we going to take from this? In the aftermath of, of Kobe's death in the next 24 to 48 hours, several people were saying what to do. And all of them basically said the same thing. Uh, but one of them that stood out to me was uh, on Monday, Ellen DeGeneres on her show told us what to do. And other people mimicked what she said. But what she said was this, life is short, so hug the ones you love. Tell them that you love them. Don't miss the opportunity to tell them how you feel because life is short. Be nice. Be kind. Be kind to the people at the DMV because they're people too, she said. <laughs> And that's a good lesson. That's a good lesson because life is short, so let's love. And I'm sure if you would have asked this widow at the start of the funeral, she would have said the same thing. Life is short. You don't know how much time you have with your loved ones. Tell them that you love them. But what do you think she would have said after the funeral? After she met Jesus. After he raised her son back from the dead. I think she would have said this. Life is short. Get to know Him. That's our takeaway today. That is our takeaway today. Life is short. Get to know Jesus. The one who's taken your sins away. The one who's conquered the grave. The one who has the power to reunite you to the ones that you love. Get to know Him and help your loved ones get to know Him. Help your father, your mother, your roommates, your children. Help your neighbors. Help everyone get to know Jesus. Because in Jesus, you will be reunited to everyone that you love. There, there will never be a goodbye. There, there will never be a death. There, there will never be mourning or crying. Because everything is gone. All death has been swallowed up in victory. There, you will be with your loved ones forever. Let's get to know Jesus and let's do what these people did and spread the news about Jesus. God be with you as you grow in Him and continue to grow in His grace. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank You for everything You've done. We thank You for Your love, for Your forgiveness. We thank You for conquering the grave. And we thank You for reuniting us with the ones that You love. Be with us today and always. Amen. All right.